<laughs> Welcome. Welcome to, to another episode of Driving to the Reds with your favorite hosts, Inelia and Larry. Yay! And today uh, we have Ash. <laughs> Ashley's dropped in. Yes, she dropped in on the ride to the Reds. Yes. We were laughing because we were talking about how Larry always finds gadgets to click around. <laughs> and I was like, click, click. My glasses. <laughs> and I was trying to be very quiet with them too, and it only made it worse. <laughs> That's oh, well. pretty funny. It is quite funny. Yes. Today we were going to talk about free will, and we had an excellent question that came in from someone. But also, I wanted to talk about our new YouTube channel, Cooking at the Res. <laughs> Cooking at the Res. With Larry and Linelia, because Larry's an excellent cook. Well, so I'm just going to be watching around and I'm going to be cooking for <laughs> I'm hoping I get the invite for those ones too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to have testers. Oh, yes. I'm pretty sure there will be cooking involved in this channel, but I'm also pretty sure there'll be a lot more talking. Yes, we have excellent conversations at the Shaman Shack. Because, you know, the cooking that I do, it's actually very simple. Here, salt, pepper, put it on the grill. You're done. <laughs> so let's talk about some Lots cool stuff. Lots of people like to know how to put the salt and pepper on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You've got temperatures and timings and salads. Yeah. Well, salads are hobbies. Salad, salad is hobby. He'll be our guest. To make the salad. To make salad. Yeah. He literally always makes the salad. Yes. Because everybody loves healthy salads. He grows the lettuce, grows yep. the tomatoes, grows uh -huh. the... Parsley. Parsley. And spinach. And you're growing the lemons. Of course, we've been yes. waiting three years for those lemons. Yes. Are they going to come this year, you think? Well, I think so. <laughs> they're they're there, yeah. they're just green. The problem is that with the lemons, what happened was that they, um, they flowered at the wrong time because we had them in the greenhouse, so it was too warm mm -hmm. in the winter. So all their flowers came out. They got very confused. They tried to be lemons in the winter? Yeah. So, poor things. Now at least they have flowers in the spring, which means that we'll probably have lemons in the fall. That's a good sign. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw a green lemon on there. Yeah, already. that's been there two years. <laughs> <laughs> Is that eventually going to go yellow? Possibly. <laughs> Let's hope for the best. <laughs> okay. We did a lot of tree planting this week, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We were on the res, and we claimed our property, mm -hmm. and we made it pretty with gravel. <laughs> yes. Well, that part isn't exactly pretty, it but it's pretty it's for driving good. on. Yeah. And it's it was much, nice. much harder to drive on the mud. As a matter yes. of fact, impossible, impossible even for the tractor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, to claim the area, we did a bit of planting. Mm -hmm. We planted some blueberries. It's a persimmon, then? Is mm -hmm. that what it is? Yes, persimmon. And, and a pear tree, pear tree, apple tree, an apple tree, tree, cherries, cherry tree, plum, plum tree. Oh, I remember I get, dug a lot of holes. Yeah, we need to get. I think we may have to get another cherry tree and another plum tree because they have to cross pollinate. Otherwise, we will not get any. There are other. What do you say? Plum trees. Yeah, and a plum, a plum tree, and a cherry tree. Extra. I'm pretty sure there used to be. If there isn't, there probably are plum trees already on the res. No, no, they have to be in the same area. Okay, well, we're going to need more then. 
so. That's more holes. By the way, you got to <laughs> dig a hole four feet deep and six feet wide and fill it up with dirt. Because it's all sand anyways. And then you have to go to the creek, which is across the road and down the street to the bridge. With and then you bucket. have to throw a bucket in the water, which is about eight feet down. Fill it up. Carry it back. Pull it back up. It's like, I think, ancient technology. That's how you collect water. Go to the creek. Yes. Then walk it back to the trees and then pour it into there. Repeat. So you gotta walk a mile. You got very fit. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> we don't have running water on the res. <clears throat> well, at least not us. Mm. Yeah. Oh, everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody would lend us their hose. <laughs> no. Oh, well. We do live right next to the river. Mm-hmm. Just right next to the river is. One thing when you're looking at it, and another thing if you're walking to it with a full bucket of water. It's likely that makes it much further, further away. Yeah. <laughs> when you have to carry the <laughs> so we're gonna be cooking at the red. We will literally be cooking mm. at the red. And you guys need to go and subscribe to our channel at Cooking at the Res. You can search it on YouTube, and you'll see our photograph. And you can subscribe and click the bell thing so that when we actually release a video, then you get an email or something. Yes. Yeah, that would be fine. Or you can just, of course, listen to the podcast, and then we will tell you, hey, we did a video. Yes. And or you can go to Walk With Me Now, and there'll be have like a link to it there. Yes. Or if you're on Talk With Me Now, there'll be a link there, too. Yes. Uh-huh. So you or can the find Or the Events channel. The Events channel. On Telegram. On Telegram. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Telegram one, and then all your events. Or subscribe to the newsletter. How do you do that? Go to NellieEvents.com. Okay. Click Subscribe Letter. Newsletter. Subscribe Newsletter. Then you'll get notified, so you don't have to depend on YouTube to send you. No, that's true. Right. The reason we're doing it on YouTube is why. What about BitChute or all those other things? I don't know, familiar with the others. But we're also going to monetize it. Oh, so that it actually gets, like, reach? Yeah, gets reach. Because if you monetize it, you get uh, shown... Lots of views. (laughs) I know. I watched this one one fella, and he taught you how to make... I'm not kidding... A bologna sandwich. Yes. <laughs> that would be two pieces of bread, yes. some bologna, some yes. mustard. He did teach you how to shake the mustard first so you don't get too much liquid out first. Well, there you go. You learned something new every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about that. And he got how many his views? View, he was, <laughs> his channel was monetized and he had half a million views yeah, to make go. a bologna sandwich. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, so... I. Hunted for other bologna making sandwich videos. <laughs> Just to see. Oh my god, he, Larry has to have one. I know. Gonna, he has to have a bologna sandwich. We're going to make a bologna sandwich video, Are you monetize gonna fry it. it. Are you going to fry the bologna first? Well, there's one problem with frying your bologna sandwich. What? Once you do that, you will never be able to have a cold one. So you always have to do that from yes. now on. We knew that. I'm okay having that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, buddy Slim who was fishing with us uh-huh. forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. He made the mistake of frying the bologna sandwich one morning. Oh, no. And forevermore, well, the rest of his life, he had to actually I fry I can never bowls. have another spaghetti sauce anywhere in the world because yours is so delicious. I can never have fish anywhere because the fish that you make is so delicious. It's true. It is That's true. That's like the bar now is, yeah. oh, yeah, it's, it's almost as good as Larry's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we bother going out. I know, we don't anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just comes over here, so you cook for us. (laughs) I quite like that, actually. We have a thing up there on our fridge. What does it say? Love people, cook 
them tasty food. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, that was a gift. Yes, I wonder That's who gave us that. I wonder. I wonder who gave us that. <laughs> so are we completely off track? What was the question? Oh, free will. Yes. Topic of the that? question. Yeah, do you want to well, make a sure. question that we got? It's an interesting question because it's relevant to a topic that a lot of people seem to be dealing with, which is um, vaccinations and vaccine passports and uh, things that they consider to be items outside of their free will. Yeah, which right? is fascinating, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. So, do you want me to read the question or you want to just speak about it? Oh, you can read the question. I think it's you know, well-worded. Okay. Who's it from? This is from Jade. Hi, Jade. We're going to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> he was listening to podcast number 53. He listened to it four times. It's good. If you haven't listened to podcast 53, go um, to our <laughs> podcast.inaliabens.com and play it. Okay. It's very good. He listened to it four times. He likes it a lot. Do you remember it, Ash? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't listen to it. What do we times. talk about it? <laughs> so here's his question. Okay. Are vaccine passports a violation of the free will law of this universe? No. But, I'm going to say but, he did some research into it. In Israel, United Kingdom, and USA, he found that they're not only for travel, but they're used to control your access to banks and access to foods. Uh So his conclusion was that you can't buy food without a passport. Via either your bank account is blocked or you can't get into the grocery store without it. Mm -hmm. That means you have a decision. You either starve to death or you have to depend on somebody else who has a vaccine passport to go get you food. Wow. That feels like that would be forcing people to get vaccinated for access to money or obtain food. And that goes against the split choice decision of 2020. Because their decision was based on physical survival and not a decision based upon whether they want to ascend or leave. Many people will not get a vaccine at all, and that means they either have to die of starvation or be dependent on others for their survival. And that feels like a violation of their decision to ascend and a violation of their free will. So that's what Jay has to say. Thank you, Jay. This is something that a lot of people have been wondering about where where this free will start or end and oppression begin, right? And here's the thing. In October 2019, I told everybody, create your own works thing, organizations, your own school organizations, and decentralize because... We didn't know at the time. <laughs> Why well, didn't know at the time? But because it was important, we had to do it right important. now. So, it is your free will to have stayed in one of these countries. Period. And there's many countries where that's not, that's not going to happen. The other thing is, even in those countries, I know for a fact, having if you go to the Freedom Cells network, that there's thousands of. Um, groups that people are organizing themselves to get and um, they have created those things they have created those structures ways to have food 
ways to grow food. Yeah. And ways it's not dependency. To have money. You have money, you buy your yeah. food from these people. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people that have stores that say, yeah, yes. right, we're not doing that vaccine exactly. passport thing. Yeah. And they sell food. There's mm-hmm. even gyms and there's even stores that say, you cannot come in here if you have a vaccine. Mask. Yeah, or a mask, yeah. Yeah. So, so there are mandates and there are mm-hmm. laws and there are rules and there's people that sit on TV and tell you this is how things are. Mm-hmm. But that's not how things no, are. No, they're not. That's how they yeah. want you to believe they are. Right. So, yeah, there's not, it's not a, a violation of free will, period. But it is a mighty tempting reason, for getting reason to get one of those things mm-hmm. for many people. Yeah. But it's the temptation, not really a temptation, it's the uh, fulfillment of their choice Yes, in a way that and they are willing and able to go along with exactly. it. Exactly. The orchestration always happens that if you haven't chosen the vaccine, you're not going to get it. As a matter of fact, I saw and vice a versa. survey the other day, some 4,000 people or some number, and it was by you know one of these reputable places like Oxford University or... Pell Union, Pell Grant, I don't know, one of those places. And they had asked people who did not get the vaccine if there was anything that they could say that would convince them to get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And there were 80% of the ones that said no, said there was literally nothing you can say or do that will make me get it. 80%. Right. There you go, free will. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, Dumbfounded, it was like, what are you going to do? You can't say you can't force. They ain't <laughs> going to do it no matter what you do. Yeah. What do you think, Ash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem as though it's all free will in that. And there's opportunity to start growing things, to, as you guys were talking about before, planting your own trees, to have food, getting your own water, working together, starting communities to support one another. I mean, it's what you've been sharing for a long time. And talking about on the podcast, but also in your works before that. Find your tribe, right? Find your tribe. Or tribes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see any lack of free will on this planet. And the orchestrations, right? Mm-hmm. They always come around to enforce, you could say, either decision, whether to get vaccinated or not. Right. So I'm not going to say that Jay is um, flirting with the victim energy in the question but that is the energy that it comes across as it's like i'm a a victim of things that are outside my control i don't have free will right that means you're the victim of that yeah so what would you suggest someone who feels like they don't have a choice in this Mm -hmm. they're the victim of this how do what do they do i think you should research the victim aggressor energy um i do have a couple of articles on ineliabenz.com that deal with the victim-aggressor energy, being a victim. I remember there was a really good article. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, so if you go to the website, you just search victim and you'll get all the data in there. So Plus yeah, the information. If you read and that, processes and everything. Uh, if you read that uh, article in particular and uh, do maybe what it might suggest to do, mm-hmm. process that victim energy in a, in a form, yeah. release, I guess, the powerless feeling, right? Yeah. Reclaim your um, sovereignty. (laughs) And as when you do, you're going to find the groups around you who Mm -hmm. are not subscribing to any of this stuff. Yeah, they become visible. Well, yeah. It becomes visible, right? Yeah, and start 
hanging out with those types of people, even if they you don't know them directly, start listening to their works. I remember at one point in time you talked about the five people you connect with most often, right? right. You start mapping to them. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't know them in your life, you know, directly, you can still start listening to the podcast regularly. Find other people and their works that resonate with with what your choice is. It might be worthwhile to listen to the podcast with a few people. And if they like it, that might be your people. (laughs) They say, oh, that's bunk. Mm -hmm. Then maybe they're not your tribe. (laughs) I I did mention this freedom sounds. But a really fascinating thing has happened in the Inelia Benz channel on Telegram mm-hmm. that every few days people post where they are in the world mm-hmm. and they start joining together. And now there's a lot of channels. I know there's one in Romania, I think one in Spain, and in one in England, and some several other countries of people who are familiar with my work and do not subscribe to the, the, the pandemic and are hanging out in uh, their country. So, yeah, go to that channel and see Fine. what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they say, is anybody, is there, a cha- is there a channel for England? Is there a channel for Spain? Or <laughs> when people hang, hang out and get together. Yeah, and remember, you know, when you're there and you're introducing yourself, that while the time for lone wolves is like over, they're still mostly lone wolves, so <laughs> it may take a few repetitions. Say, hey, anybody in Spain? Okay, I'm still here in Spain yeah. for somebody to pop in. Yeah. They need to be um, convinced too. Mm. You know, you, you know, you understand. Right. It's really difficult when you've been a lone wolf all your life to gather with others. Yeah, a big group of lone wolves. That reminds me of that movie, a pack of lone wolves. Oh. Is this a movie? Yeah, but it's a oh. uh, it's not the best movie. No, okay. it's called The Hangover. Oh, <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> oh well, it was a funny movie at the time. At the time, but in the at, in in the movie, they um they become a, well, what the one of the characters is wants everybody to join his pack of lone wolves. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that reminds me of that. How did you find getting out of the lone wolf? mindset oh Oh, goodness (laughs) it's getting better but it's definitely a conscious effort and choice because it's really easy to just rely on myself and do it all on my own um and then when you're around others who are also like find value in community and having a tribe you get reminded that you don't have to do it all on your own (laughs) and it's a lot easier (laughs) a lot more supportive and more fun yeah yeah and even having talk with me now um, through a you know a membership with Walk with Me now, it makes a world of difference. Just seeing everybody and realizing all these high frequency people who are like minded, interested mm-hmm. in similar things, have same values. It's like they're there. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. And it's a good reminder to have yeah. that throughout the day because I think it's like hundreds of messages every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you look on Telegram, and I yeah, it's it's lovely. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really good. I'm very interested in the orchestration part of free will. Yeah, I had it. Well, I guess the best way I can describe this experience is like you, um, 
those of us that have chosen whatever side of the split that they're gonna, you know, be on, they've chosen, they're not deviating from that choice, you'll get approached by other people sometimes mm-hmm. who want um, allies in their choice because maybe they are literally maybe too young to make the choice themselves or they're um, maybe under the control of other people. Or under a lot of pressure sometimes. And those people have chosen differently than they want, mm-hmm. but those people are the ones in charge of their life, you know? It's like yeah. maybe their parents or mm-hmm. their husband or something like that, mm-hmm. or their wife or whatever. So um, in that case, they recruit allies to help yes. with these um, decisions to help convince maybe the controlling person mm-hmm. not to do something to them. Right. 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 And they're too young or um, and other, otherwise dependent mm-hmm. to be in charge of that decision. I mean, they can fight about it. I'm sure even if you're 12 years old and you insist, no, 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 I mean, you can keep Kick brushing away and kicking and screaming, <laughs> but they can literally probably hold you down. What and about literally the, Dr. Make you experience when he was 12? Well, yeah, he did tell a story about that. Yeah, I mean, you can prevail. Yeah, he did. He literally kicked and screamed and locked himself in the bathroom yeah. to prevent him, the doctor, from <laughs> vaccinating him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even in those situations. Not all, not not all, all orchestrations <laughs> are, not all 12 year olds are built like that. No, I know. So, when we're talking about orchestrations, they might orchestrate an ally. Yeah. Someone who also has a, a powerful force mm-hmm. who can sway that person one yeah. way or another into allowing the other ones to make their choice. So, right. you know, I experienced an orchestration over the weekend and it felt to me very clear when I looked at it from mm, the level of what am I doing today and just going to work and doing my job. But I was also orchestrating a part in the split. Mm. some had made a choice one way some had made a choice another way the ones who wanted to chose the uh, high frequency split wanted to be sure that they wouldn't be forced into a low frequency split Mm -hmm. so the one who made the decisions was curious about some of the data that you know because you have data when you're (laughs) it's a funny thing if you're gonna get vaccinated you don't know much about it really weird isn't if it? you're not going to get vaccinated you know a Everything. lot about the science <laughs> a lot about the shortcuts a lot yeah. about the data a lot yeah. about the effects a lot about what's in it you know you're you know a lot so mm-hmm. <laughs> when when you share what you know and it's verifiable data that's backed by plenty enough science and plenty enough research and plenty enough experiences and plenty enough open your eyes and look and you can see yourselves mm-hmm. then that's persuasive if that person is open enough then right yeah right and so in this case that was the case and the person was open enough and he got the data and so he's chose not to cause his children to get vaccinated for example mm-hmm. and he's going to fight to make sure they don't because he can see that it's clearly a bad thing for them Right, right. But he wasn't aware of that before. Yeah. So to me, it felt like I was an orchestration to put me in all of them together so that mm-hmm. we have that discussion and carry forward the choice they have made. Yeah. Right. And allow that 
sitcom to be without, you know, drama. Right. Right? Which is the crux and the point of high frequency split is you're not having to go through drama and victims and all that other stuff. Yeah. You can orchestrate it another way. Yeah. So I felt a little bit like a tool. British people are listening to us. So a tool. <laughs> I think it's so funny. You don't know what it means. Huh? No. So for Ash and I, I say, I feel like a tool. It feels like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> You could be like an instrument to bring about an assisting. I've heard two forms of the word tool used, and one is to what you're saying, no, and another is not so good. I'm the good part. Okay. okay. I'm not the bad tool. Okay. <laughs> it always makes you giggle so much. I know, I can't help it. Another orchestration... <clears throat> That was weird today. Mm. So my ex called me to see what I thought about the vaccination. Mm. He started mm. with, what do you think about our son getting the vaccination? I said, well, you know how I feel about vaccination. So why are you asking me? He had a blood test. He's got the markers. The vaccination was not going to damage him terribly and he shouldn't have it. And then he said, okay, okay, yeah, because I wanted to check because, you know, they're providing them for 12-year-olds now at the school and uh, he's 15, so... You know, I just wanted to know, make sure that that was your viewpoint and decision because we have joint custody and he can't give him the vaccination with my, without my consent. Anyways, also, wow. <laughs> also he said, but yeah, Brett's not going to probably want it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was almost like off the hook yes. from forcing him, which yes. would be pretty much an impossible task. He is one yes. of those 15 year olds that... I don't care what you think. You're not doing it if he says no. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he asked, was I getting it? And I said, no, there's no way. I have too many allergies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to affect me very badly. Plus, I'm going to, no, I don't trust them and everything else. And then he says, well, what do you think? Should I get it? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> i to be honest. <laughs> So I said, okay, listen, I said, you know exactly how I felt when you used to get the flu shot. All those years ago when we were married, you used to get the flu shot and you know how I felt about it. And he said, yeah, yeah, I know. He said, I know. But this one, I said, this one is not even proven to be safe, right? There's all the data information. Even the websites, the pharmaceutical websites, they don't prove it to be safe or anything. And he says, well, they have all this, you know, 90% uh, efficiency and they're going to this and this. He's just, you know, selling the vaccine. And um, I said, well, yeah, well, it's your decision. And I said, if you take it or not, I said, yeah, but how do you feel about it? Should I get it again? And I said, listen, I don't want you to get it. (laughs) I don't. It's like, you know, just it's your decision, but I don't. So I don't know whether that will force him to get it because, you know, he's... He feeling contrary? Feels, yeah, because he feels that <clears throat> he's one of the individuals probably still... Well, he went psychotic for a couple of years and mm. that was really bad. But he seems to be kind of back to normal now a little bit. And um, he, well, during his psychotic years, he thought that anything that I said was for harming him. What's that? somebody shooting guns <laughs> <laughs> so he might think that I don't want him to get it so that he dies of COVID 
right? Oh, in the gosh. psychotic mind. But if he's more sane now, he realized that no, I well, don't want you to get it. It doesn't because... even matter what you say, honestly. That's what I'm it saying. It matters what side of the split he's deciding. Exactly, to that's what I'm saying. So, so it doesn't really matter because depending on whether he's fearful or not, what side of the split he's going to choose. And depending on the data that he allows in, and he allows, he allows the data, 1% of you and 99% of or it's safe and effective. of me, right? 100% because if he feels that, if you chose the negative paradigm, he will feel that I'm saying that so he gets sick and die. You right. See? Whatever you say will support his choice. Exactly, yes. And yeah. so you might as well say, say the truth. The truth as you feel it. Exactly. Hmm. So what if it's someone you would uh, like to take the vaccine? <laughs> <I'm> just curious. <laughs> Is it okay to be that honest with them? Oh, man. You know, I tried. I can't do it. It's like I have this program of sense of beingness that is incorruptible. Mm-hmm. And I cannot... You cannot suggest somebody to take the light-dark paradigm over the light paradigm? No. Uh -uh. Everyone should take the light paradigm if they ask you. Yeah. How come? I don't know. It's just that's the way it works. Because I'm here to promote people for the light. You're an advocate for the light paradigm at this point. Exactly, yeah. I had a choice in 2011 like everybody else, and I thought about it for a couple of months. (laughs) Yeah, I did think about it for a long time. (laughs) I mean, everybody that I've ever met and I work with, they didn't even think about it. It's like like paradigm, period. It's like it wasn't even thought about it, you know, but I had to choose. Yeah, most of us were thinking about, of course, only the light. And then we had to think about, well, geez, which of the dark things have I been keeping? Is, oh, Savior's dark? Right. Savior's not dark. That's helping people. Right. Wrong. We're not just... always. <laughs> not the majority of the time. Not the majority I mean, if somebody's drowning, you jump in to save them, absolutely. That's not savior. That's just... Rescue. 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 Yeah, so if you're rescuing people from physical death, that is a different thing to martyr them... i got to stop. Okay. <laughs> if you're rescuing somebody from drowning, throw, row, toe, oh, yes. then go. Yes. Oh, I have because another Because you don't want to become a martyr, Savior. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rescuing well, I actually someone. have a story about the stepping away from that hmm. with a very dark being. Oh, let me hear, let me hear. Yeah, so. The very dark being was my first husband. <laughs> oh, I remember this story a little bit. I was by the pool in Madrid where we had an apartment. We had a swimming pool. And I was sitting by the pool. And he comes down to get in the pool and he was drunk, right? And he got into uh, the, the, the pool area and then jumped in the middle of the pool in the deep end where I was sitting. He jumps in and then he starts sinking really quickly to the bottom and he's struggling, struggling, struggling and he's looking at my into my eyes as he's struggling in the pool trying to make me jump in to save him. Right? And I knew for a fact that if I jumped in, I would drown because he would make sure of it. So I just looked at him and then I looked away and I thought, just swim out and save yourself because I'm not <laughs> going to jump in there. And he stopped struggling after looking at me. He stopped struggling and he swam up to the edge and brought himself out of the pool. Aww. Yeah. 
Isn't that amazing what Dark Workers will do? Wow. Damn. That's so, good I grabbed catch. my towel. I grabbed my towel. And I went upstairs to my apartment. I packed my bags. And I left. <laughs> Sometimes it's obvious. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't the best relationship for you. Right, right. You know? yeah. Your taste in men has improved greatly. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> my but gosh. it was like that was we got married when I was eighteen. Yeah. But and you did go to the tarot card reader lady. That was afterwards. That was like five years later. Well, what did she say? She said, "You're going to marry a guy, or a guy's going to want to marry you. Do not marry him. He's evil. He's going to try to kill you." She was a little late to this party. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she was a little bit late to the party. Okay. Well, you should have went to her six years ago, not five. Yes, exactly. After. But the thing is, because of the upbringing that I had, the family I lived with, that was normal. That type of physical and psychological abuse was normal. So I didn't know any different when I got married. I learned different afterwards through looking at people and seeing that they had different types of lives. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because the parents that are abusive or the siblings who are abusive and the spouses that are abusive usually isolate the person so that they don't see other realities. Yeah, I suppose it's yeah. so reasonable it's to ex- reasonably reasonable to understand that's just how things are. Mm-hmm. You really don't know any different. Right. And at one point, when I was after I got married, like a year later, I realized this is something really wrong here. And I went to my mom. Mm-hmm. to help me, you know, leave this relationship. She took me back. She said, no, you're married and, you know, this guy needs you and you have to go back. And she took me back to the house. So even from that perspective, it's all orchestrated, you know. It's, it's not about victim aggressors, but it's like the the orchestration of darkness goes far, far. Like, you know, you have to be really street smart to get out of that. Yeah, exactly. You need to be street smart. Yeah. And, and now, you also need to recruit the appropriate exactly, allies. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because recruiting the incorrect ones doesn't work. No, right. it does not. So how do you pick good allies? Well, how do you, how does, well, these are orchestrations anyways. Mm-hmm. So um, the right allies will be orchestrated when you've chosen what it is you want. Right. At that point, you were kind of you're like, I don't know, is this right, Mom? Oh, it's fine, you need to go back. So you have picked an ally that didn't actually get no. you out. Yeah, I did ask, actually, I did ask, is this normal? And what he said, is this normal? Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah so if on the other hand you had known this isn't right and this isn't normal and I'm not doing this, your ally that you would have picked... It would have been a different one. It would have been a different one who would have mm-hmm. helped you leave. Yeah. 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 So the orchestration is you, yep. right? Absolutely, yeah. The orchestration is your choice. Once you've chosen and you've made your choice, mm-hmm. the allies in the orchestration come about. Yep. So, so how did it get myself into this pickle? How did you get yourself into that pickle is what I want to know. Ego. When I was 18, I, was, I thought I knew the world, I knew everything, and I was the most powerful a mystic on the planet mm-hmm. so I, I said to the dark side bring it on <laughs> let's go to battle <laughs> oh, they geez. took me out man <laughs> they took me out because I had no 
concept of how they have no rules. They go for everything. Mm-hmm. And they took me out for 20 years. They took me out. <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. Yeah. And every day, every day. And I should have got like some hints because sometimes when I would go away, after about a week, I used to start feeling nice and happy and normal. And I'm like, this is really strange, you know. But then I had to go back and I went back and it's like, you know, you start again. So you'd forget. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was ego thinking, I could, you know, I was stronger than the dark side and I wasn't. Because when you go to war, it's game on. <laughs> well, right, yeah, it's not that you weren't stronger or less stronger. It's that a game is completely engaging and engagement is fight. You prevailed. But it took 20 years. Yeah. Or more or less. So I it had, was like a giant distraction. Yeah, you know? I had a, an experience in the astral ones. Did you? I was sleeping and I woke up. I got out of my body and I stepped into the astral. And as I was walking towards the door, I saw these demons outside the door. And especially a one that was really, really powerful and strong and big. And it was looking at me going like with his hand. He was pulling like... Um, what's that called calling you towards like waving you waving, over yeah waving me over and I took his eyes and they were like you're evil you know really bad and I'm like he was trying to get in through the doors and the windows and I could see that my first husband he was sleeping on the next to me right I was I could see my body and I could see his body and I thought oh my god I've got to protect this guy you know and I looked at the demon and I said you can't have him and he laughed and laughed <laughs> and I said why are you laughing he says oh I've already got him it's you I'm after. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't understand it at the time, you know? Yeah. Because I was 18 and didn't. Well, I knew everything when I was 18. You knew everything too when you were 18? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I wish I knew now what I thought I knew then. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. So, free will? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's 100%. 100%. There's no violation of free will on this planet. Period. There used to be some years back, and that's why the whole split starting happening. So, nope. And fears and agreement. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it's important to let that go. Yes. Just drop it. <laughs> Just drop, it. <laughs> drop the fear, drop the giving away of your authority, thinking that other people dictate if you starve or not. Yeah, and don't go move from, from victim of that to martyr no don't be a martyr or the aggressor right those are all the low frequency roles that's right you just avoid all of those roles entirely and step into well that one you can keep no. <laughs> are you sure oh no oh no just a tiny bit of it you know just a bit on your shoulder so. mm-hmm. a chip in your shoulder just a tiny little bit no oh well so, oh we all fall into righteousness right oh yeah, yeah. yep and well, look where it got me when I was took me down for 20 years. Because, <laughs> of course, I was right. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Anything, uh, anything interesting in that orchestration that comes to mind for you, Ashley? Orchestrations and free wills? Choices that you might have made and the orchestrations that bring it about that well, show you clearly or anything? Well, yeah, I think it, I mean, the the orchestration of the relationship that you had been in when you were 18 and 
just looking at that from the perspective of what you thought was normal in a relationship is it's similar to this dynamic that people have right now with the let's say structures of the world that are in place and it's really actually abusive relationships but they think it's normal right the normalization of abuse Yeah. yeah yeah so stepping out of that and creating your own structures, looking out and seeing who else is out there wanting to do these things. So it's not just, you know, Atlas carrying the whole world. Right. <laughs> we don't need to do that. No need to martyr. Um, but that's, I mean, I don't know how much more you could say it. With it's People hear it all the time, but it's so true. Find your tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you start feeling that you or others are a victim... Research the victim aggressor cycle on my website, ineliabens.com. You really have to because there are no victims on this planet and there are no aggressors, it's just orchestrations and choices. And time and again, people ask me, Well, what about babies who've been abused? They can't, they don't have a choice. That's only if you look at it from the perspective of one lifetime. And when I meet babies who are victims, I tell them, you don't have to be in that. Actually, I don't allow it in my field to be a victim in this planet. If you want to be a victim and play that role, you have to leave this planet, go somewhere else. You have choices. You're an eternally divine being and you can have a different life. And some children have stepped into that Mm -hmm. and uh, moved on. Not bad, but, you know, somehow their orchestration happens that they're taken away from those abusive situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, and it wasn't me calling the police all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, find, I, I find the orchestrations are fascinating sometimes because they, they're um, practical things that occur, but they're like interesting that there's sometimes implausibilities involved in the whole string. It's like, without that and without that, this wouldn't have come to be. You know? right, and right. That those things are a bit implausible or very unlikely or very rare or something like that. And when you're having those coming along and a series of those brings about the orchestration, it's, it's just fun to look at. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that really yeah. illustrates how improbable, impossible, but absolute your orchestrations are mm-hmm. I mean like the plane thing <laughs> oh the plane thing yes. you know when people get on the plane with you and they're scared it's like yeah. oh this plane's not going to crash I'm not, I'm not <laughs> scheduled to exit right now yeah that, those are interesting those are or really the one where you the other one with the other plane oh yeah that one yeah so the do you remember that one the, the plane where I got on and it was going to crash yeah I remember that yeah should I tell the story again? You should. It's a good one. <laughs> so whenever I used airplanes, I used to fly a lot. I had like platinum or gold or diamond, whatever it is, on several airlines <laughs> because I used to fly so much. Because I have family in Europe, I have family in Chile, and um, family here in the United States. So I used to fly every year a lot. And I used to do events around in Europe as well and um, so yeah I had a lot of flights small flights, long flights, short flights oh my gosh 
lots. And every time that I'd get on an airplane and he said somebody was really nervous sitting nearby, I would just tell them, oh, you're fine. You, this plane is not going to crash because I'm on it. Right? And they will, they will giggle. Invariably, they're like, like, what does they that mean? Giggle. So what if you're on it? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Say, so, no, because I'm not scheduled to die today, so you're, you're good. <laughs> and they would giggle like that, but then they would relax. Because somehow, since deep inside, they knew it was true. And it was true, I wasn't just joking. And then one day I get on this plane and I can't remember where I was flying to or from, but I got on the plane and it was like 200 plus passengers, it was stuffed, the plane was full. And I sit right near the back and then suddenly my entire field becomes like my physical body wants to get out of that plane right now. And my entire field starts getting very, very low. And I look at it and I go, oh my gosh, this plane is going to crash. This plane is going to crash. And I was like, oh boy, that means I have to get out of the plane. If I get out of this plane, all these people are going to die. I knew this. It was 100% knowing. And um, so I sat there and... I started getting this massive headache and it was just really, really unpleasant. And at some point, and I don't know why, I decided, you know what? I'm not gonna leave. If this plane is gonna crash and take all these people out, I'm going down with it. It was just one of those weird things with weird thoughts. But I thought, well, that's kind of weird because, you know, I'm not scheduled to die, but it's just, the plane's going to crash anyway, so it's so, it so splits it, apart, and you fall yes, out of the plane, uh, and you land on the snow, and you... Exactly. <laughs> Something was going to happen. It wasn't going to Everybody be dies but you. Right. And I'm not getting off. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So, something cracked, <clears throat> because as soon as I made the decision, and I relaxed into the seat, knowing that I was probably going to die with everybody else, the captain said over the speakers that... Uh, there's something very unusual had happened and there was going to be a delay in taking off because during the um, one of the checks on the airplane that the mechanics do before it takes off they found some massive something wrong somewhere I can't remember he gave all the technical details and that they're such a great airline because they do those checks so we were all saved because if we had taken off, we were going to all die because of it. <laughs> and uh, there's, there were going to be a, a long delay because they had to fix it. We were on that plane for hours and hours while they were fixing it. And eventually another plane came and we all got into the other plane and left. So, yeah, it's like I knew that that plane was screwed, man. <laughs> but yeah, the orchestration, right? Yep, that was an orchestration. Yeah. And when you can think of well, what happened to all the people who were booked, they had booked their death that day and there's a, several things you can look at it from that perspective one of them was that they booked they had an open door to death that day but they also booked the flight that was going to crash that I was on when I wasn't going to die mm-hmm. so somehow they also chose that exit, not to, not to die yeah. another one was um, that they, some some of them might have died afterwards when they were going home or whatever. We don't know, right? I'll never find out. So the ones 
I mean, when those op- those doors open to death, every single person on their planet has tons of them during their lifetime. And it's the very last second thing when they choose yes or no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take this one or no, sometimes. But sometimes they plan it ahead, man. They know it's coming mm-hmm. and they plan and everything. They pay their debts and all sorts of things. And they don't know why, but, you know, suddenly they're gone. Hmm. So in that orchestration, you had basically come to terms. You agreed that if this is what's going to happen, so be it. Yep. But it didn't happen. It didn't, no. (laughs) Why do you think it didn't happen? Um, The energy that I felt was, I'm not going to get out of this plane. I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't. I don't care about martyr, savior, and stuff. I just couldn't do it. He couldn't leave them to their fate. No, I couldn't Uh, do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If they're going, I'm going. In other words, no. I don't agree. No, I don't agree with this. Exactly. So, adjust reality, whatever it is that you yes. want to do, but this plane ain't going down, and I ain't leaving. Exactly. That's exactly the energy I had. Mm. I just could not do it. I couldn't leave them to their fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it happens. It's... I had a little surprise on a different flight, because mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to die, but I was uh, sitting next, next to the wings. And we were landing in an American city that had a, a blizzard or some sort of really strong storm. We were going to, on the run towards the runway, and the flight, the aeroplane was wobbling side to side really violently. And I'm like, oh my god, this is not good. I don't understand this flight. It's going to crash, but I'm on it. This can't happen, right? And as we were landing, there was this girl sitting next to me, and she was shaking all over, and people were screaming all over the plane and the things came down and everything because it was so violent mm-hmm. and the plane was literally moving from side to side so violent that you had to hold on to your seat so you didn't fall sideways even mm-hmm. with your seat belt on right mm-hmm. so you kind of fall towards another person and then as I'm looking out the window the the tip of the wing scratches the nearly scratches it looks like it's gonna scratch but it nearly tips into the the ground because of one of those tips Mm -hmm. and then it pulls up again and then down again and then we land but we land because we we were trying to land for so long Mm -hmm. then it stops like really violently because we're nearly at the end of the runway and then we land and Everybody's like screaming and crying, and people started clapping them because <laughs> the pilot saved everybody. And then they started kind of cheering and everything. And, every, and this big truck came over and pulled it over to the to the um, place where you get out of the plane. And uh, we had to get out in the rain because it was so far. Over, I don't know. Got onto a truck. We went over to the airplane to the um, the. Um, Terminal. terminal yeah the terminal and I was sitting I got out of there and I sat on the ground because I was in shock you know <laughs> it's like I saw that it was I saw that I'm sure I, I mean I can't be 100% but I sure I saw a spark or two coming out of the tip of the plane wow <laughs> the, the, the wing and um, I sat down on the on the um, with my back on the wall right next to the door I just couldn't walk anymore it's like it was so intense and everybody's field was so fearful and everything it's just so not too much the girl that was sitting next to me sits next to me 
and we both had flights that we had to take for our next. I think I'm done with flights. She does what she said. She said, I'm done. She said, and then the speaker said, because of the shock and everything, because mm -hmm. of the shock and everything, the, the, the speakers on the terminal said, because of the shock and everything, um, the, we're going to provide buses. Oh, so you don't have to. So you don't oh. have to get on another plane. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, especially seeing as it was still storming. Wow. Right. We have to take away your clicker, huh? <laughs> no. I was saying that we, what you were describing. I have been watching. You were watching one like that. Yeah. If, if anybody wants to see what a wing strike looks like, I think I saw your flight. Oh yeah, you probably did. Right? They, they call it a wing strike. And the airplanes come in in a super big storm. Yeah, and they they wobble. And they're really wobbly, like... wobbly, wobbly, wow. and really. Really, like sideways to yeah, the wind, sideways yeah, to the right. runway. Sideways, get... but that was the wings were going from like it was almost like the plane was turning around. Yeah, yeah it's like no, not when like they that. get close, and then they do like that, that same yeah, thing. Yeah. We're going. looking at that See? video right now. You hit it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I saw, wasn't it? That's what it was like on the yeah. plane. It was. That might have been went your up a bit. It went up a little bit and then came down again. That but that one the... didn't go down again. It just went up. That was Lufthansa. Wow. But anyways, that was really yeah. intense. So was, was all that I was sitting on the floor and this little girl was saying, I'm, good, I'm taking the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the bus. And I looked at her and said, well, I'm not. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> no. And I told her, listen, you know, we didn't die. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not scheduled to die. But she, she said, I don't care. I'm taking the bus. I'm taking the bus. And then the next plane, I got on. And the people who were from this plane... Nobody else got on it, just me. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it was perfectly fine. It was, it was a perfectly fine flight. Yeah. But yeah, it was really bizarre. Mm. Like it's like the 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 dissonance, the cognitive dissonance, being in an airplane that you see is crashing, knowing that it can't because you're on it, creates a massive dissonance in your brain. Right. Despite the evidence that you're looking out and we're exactly. crashing, but yes. we're not going to, but exactly. we are. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. I guess it's a, it's a little bit like becoming the observer of the experience that's happening. A little yeah. like the earthquake when the mountains were going to crash on you. Oh, yeah, when I was little. You didn't think you were going to die there, but everybody else thought they were going to die, right? Right. right? Tell that one real quick. It's a short one. <laughs> When I was very small, we went. My brother and I went to the Andes to visit with a, my auntie. Mm -hmm. I think it was after the coup in Chile. Um, but anyway, so we were staying with them, and um, there was a there was an earthquake while we were at the and in the Andes, and the village there that we were on, called the Andes, I think, um, it's in the middle of a valley, surrounded by massive, massive mountains. And the mountain that is next to the, the village was a big rock face, massive. I mean, it blocked the sun. It was so big. And when the, the, the earthquake started, I was looking out the window and I could see all the mountains dancing all around us and in the distance. It was amazing. I was thinking, my gosh, this is powerful. This is power. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking, you know. And I was like, mountains move. Yeah, I was like seven or something. I was looking and I go, wow, now this is 
power. And I look at my brother and says, hey, the, the, the mountains are dancing. <laughs> and he, he laughs. Yeah. And I said, they are, you know, and I start dancing. It's dancing. And, you know, he didn't. <laughs> he wrote a little short story about it too. But anyways, the mountain next to us, the rock face, I look out. Uh, I saw one of my cousins. He was looking up and he went completely gray. And so I look out the window to towards that one and it's coming towards us really fast <laughs> the whole mountain the whole mountain the whole face the oh rock face God. is coming towards us and you look, you're thinking at that moment you're saying you go oh well we had a good innings you know <laughs> no <laughs> that's not what I think right now <laughs> that's definitely not what I think and uh, and then I look and my brother and I got really quiet and we're looking at it coming towards us really fast and I'll let everybody else panic and run away and we were just looking at it thinking wow this is amazing Right. If this is the way we go, it's amazing. Yeah, it's not every day I'm not going to over and squish. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like tiny little bugs that are squished with a big foot, you know, like a giant foot. <laughs> and it kind of suddenly stopped and he says, oh, it stopped. And I said, I think it did. And they went back. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that was intense. I can just about imagine it, but I'm sure my imagine is... Like only one percent of the actual, Probably, yeah. but yeah. So orchestrations, right? Orchestrations, right? I mean, mountains could come over and not squish you, and exactly. airplanes can crash and not crash. crash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess don't don't worry about it. Exactly. Whatever yeah. choice you made, that orchestration is coming. But it about. will happen. You mm -hmm. will orchestrate <laughs> your excellent life where you're supported, and your strength is their strength, and their strength is your strength. And your tribe won't be visible, exactly. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's the choice them. they make. Exactly. You'll orchestrate Or that. you won't. Or you won't. And you will fall into one of the orchestrations that you chose that does the other thing. But in either way, it's still you choosing it. Uh-huh. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So you might as well claim that responsibility if you're yep. listening to this. Yep. And pick totally. the one that you want. Exactly. And relax into it. Yeah. Enjoy it. What do you think, Ash? I agree. <laughs> Are we complete? I think we're pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Love you, honey. Love you, darling. <laughs> Bye, Ash. Bye. Bye. Bye.